Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Just past 10 o'clock on a Tuesday, it's Miller and Condon with you for the next couple of hours. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, and we're going to talk sports with you. On Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Appreciate you uh, spending some of your morning here with us. A day that when we left yesterday, we thought, you know what, let's catch up on some of the other sports going on out there. Tuesdays are usually a pretty good day for doing that. Uh, but things change later on in the day. Regardless, here's the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, we do we normally talk NFL, and we will with at least two of the regional teams. Uh, we will get uh, Dave Sinekin. He covers the number one seeded NFC Green Bay Packers. Uh, he will join us coming up here at about ten thirty. Nick Athen on those Kansas City Chiefs. If you're a Chiefs fan and you want to hear uh, Mitch Holtis, who joins us every week, that uh, uh, that Kansas. City is not in a bye. Uh, he usually joins us on Wednesday, but we're going to get him live on game day, Thursday night football. Chiefs and the Chargers, Mitch, will join us Thursday. But today it's Nick Athen on the Chiefs at about 10.45. Going to catch up on college basketball from a national perspective with Rob Doster, field of 68, amongst other stops where Doster and his burgeoning uh, college basketball empire, along with Jeff Goodman and the cast of dozens. Steve Prohm over there doing part of um, a video cast as well. Uh, but Rob Douster will join us on college basketball from a national perspective. Though we do want to bring up Nebraska at some point because seemingly something percolating over to our west. Uh, and then baseball. I thought, you know what, we haven't done any hot stove. There's a lot of news being made. And we're going to do so with Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com, our go-to baseball guy on a national uh, perspective, uh, and he will join us about eleven thirty or thereabouts. Monday night football was fun; came down to an onside kick, and at least gave the Cardinals a chance to uh, put a little drama in. Aaron Donald had other plans. Sack to begin the game, sack to end the game. One more in the middle. Yeah, big, pretty big night. He's still pretty good, huh? Yeah, I'll say. Jeez, uh, what was Kyler Murray doing on that final play? I, you know, Trent, I don't know. I mean, was it got... the old Dan Marino fake the spike? Try to make a big play up the field? I guess. But he didn't even fake the spike. Well, if he did, it didn't do it very well. (laughs) Right. Uh, No one bought into it. Von Miller was in the backfield first, and Mm -hmm. he missed. But Aaron Donald cleaned up, and uh, game over. Pretty entertaining game for for a Monday night. Big turning point, I thought, in the game. It's 3-0. Cardinals are on the precipice of going up 10-0. Um, and Aaron Donald, who we just mentioned, uh, tips a ball at the line of scrimmage, and the ball is picked off, and all of a sudden, instead of a 10 nothing, or you've got to think at least 6 nothing, Matt Prater's not missing. Well, he doesn't miss from anywhere. No. Boy, he's good. Uh, he is really, really good. What a long career he has had. But uh, fun football game. Packers now with the one seed. Oh, the NFC doesn't go through Lambeau Field. It did last year. Didn't mean that they got to the Super Bowl. As we know, the Buccaneers had other plans. The Buccaneers and, remember, dozens of fans at that game. Different environment this year. <laughs> Great point, Trent. Inside of Lambeau compared to yep. what Brady and company had to go yep. through a season ago. Or didn't have to go through. Right, yeah. In that circumstance. Uh-huh. It's uh, Chris Andrews, my buddy at the South Point. He only has three teams right now that get a full three points for home field advantage. Three. 
Arrowhead, Kansas City, and what's the other? Arrowhead, Lambeau. I mean, Arrowhead, Lambeau is what I meant yep. to say. Yeah, and Seattle still okay. gets three. Yep, yep. Even the team stinks. Mm-hmm. Home field advantage only. Those are the three. Gotcha. Isn't that crazy? I mean, four really years is. we talked about three points being home field mm-hmm. advantage for everybody. Didn't matter what it was. In the NFL, right. And now he's up to, I think it's eight or nine teams that do not have home field advantage. He doesn't even give a point. There's Most of them are about a point. And yeah, how that home field advantage work out last night for the Cardinals, right? It's, it's, and they are, I think, a one-pointer, if I remember is correctly. Is that what it is? Yep. Interesting. Boy, the South Point, what an underrated place. I'm so glad we stayed there when we went out in July. Yes. I'd, I'd set foot in the – but that's it. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, they do it right. The race book and then a separate separate race book, separate sports book. Rooms are fine. Rooms are good. I had Chris on last week when you were in Arizona. Did you? Nice. And talked to him about, of course, a whole bunch of things. But he's got a new book coming out. Told you about his first book and and did that. This one is, well, his first book was Then One Day and it's stories. This one is Then One Year. And it's 2020 from Ah. a sports book director's perspective as they were going through everything. He told me. Uh, every night he'd get home, you know, some of those nights he's not getting home till midnight mm-hmm. and he'd get on the keyboard or he'd, if he was home early, he'd get up at four in the morning and bang out what happened the day before and just get on the keyboard and books coming out. You Is can get it on Amazon right? right now. Nice. And, uh, really, really his first book was an excellent read. Great stories mm-hmm. in there. And this one's different because it's not the goofy stories for the most part. It's just what a wild year. And it's kind of a fun run and remembrance fan. of what we did here because, We've had this conversation off air plenty of times. What in God's name did we talk about when there were no sports? You know, the other shows here, they can do a much better job of yeah. that than what we can. They've got some depth. You and I don't. No, no. <laughs> we we can go to the deep end of the pool of sports, and hey. that's it. Yeah. The other shows, plenty of other things. <laughs> we survived. We got through what it. What did we talk about? Well, we should have wrote it down. Right. <laughs> got home and wrote it and down. And Chris Andrews did exactly yeah, that. So Good, good, for good one. Looking for that sports gambler mm-hmm. in your life or just uh, somebody that likes books. Really good one, Chris Andrews, then one year. Uh, by the way, there is some Vegas news when it comes to uh, football. Sounds like they're getting the 2024 Super Bowl as New mm-hmm. Orleans, who was awarded the bowl, apparently has a conflict with the Mardi Gras now that the NFL's uh, schedule has expanded to 18 weeks, 17 games. Remember 2001, they had a conflict with 9-11 mm-hmm. when they had to push it back. I think it was a car show. Wasn't it a car show? I don't remember. I think it was a car dealership show uh, in, in, in 2001. But they, they, I think they read the NFL wrote a check and uh, got that change. But they couldn't cancel Mardi Gras. No, no, no. That's a different animal. Car show, one thing. Mardi Gras, different thing. A different thing. And now Las Vegas is going to get the 2024 Super Bowl. Trent, it is. It's just not the people that go for the game. There are literally thousands of people who descend upon the Super Bowl city. With no one, they just they know they're not going to the game. Mm-hmm. They're going to the entire week, the NFL experience, just getting caught up in some of the parties, the people watching, the the player watching. Um, but I mean, Vegas is a perfect spot for this event. Twenty? Would would you say it was twenty twenty four? Twenty twenty four. So after the twenty twenty three season. Yep. So two years away. The next three are all on the West Coast. SoFi. Mm-hmm. Arizona, and then if indeed the rumors are true, Vegas will get the 2024 hotel rooms packed. Selfishly, I have never been to a Super Bowl. Been to three. I have never done Radio Row, obviously. Right. 
always wanted to. I yep. know it's not the same experience it was 20 years ago it's when not. it was yep. a huge deal, but it's still a thing. Yep. Hmm. All right. Got the wheels turning over here. Well, I, if I were you, I'd find a, a friend. <laughs> and uh, Luckily, got a few of those out there. <laughs> to bunk at their place because yeah. it's going to be absolutely madness. And what a perfect city to hold it in. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, so let's get to the big news of the day that um, seemingly, I don't know, came out of nowhere is the, is, is the right word. Because we'd been seeing some decommitments amongst kids who committed to play. We knew a couple of guys were um, going to leave the program, Tyreek Milton being one of them. He was uh, one of the first ones to uh, say say that um, uh, Joe Skates being another one, that uh, he's going to uh, play his final years of college football in some other city. But Trent, the, the number of, and, and the three yesterday, I mean, I don't know how you can spin this any other way. These kids were all going to start. Mm-hmm. They're all going to start. Um, Kamani King, Aishim Young. Look, I love Bo Frailer. I'm going to go out on a limb, say, and, uh, go out on a limb and say the first utterance of Bo Frailer's name was on our show. Probably, yeah. Uh, right? Uh, we, we kind of identified him pretty year, pretty mm-hmm. early in the season that, boy, clones might have something here in this kid. 17, keep an eye on him. Um, but Aishim Young just hammers you. Aishim Young is, was, is, is a major, major blow to this program. I don't see how you can paint it any other way. Now, we're seeing uh, attempts... <laughs> to to spin it other ways. Oh, sure, absolutely. That's what happened. We really didn't need them anyway. So are they moving to a, I don't know, a, a 3-3-1 look? They're, they're not going to have three safeties on the field anymore? I don't know. Because Bo Frailer's good. Yes, he is good. But he can't play three positions. No. Um, he can play one. True. He's a good a player. Time. Yes. But Aishim Young is a really good player, He's too. a great player. Eric Horn, you saw him. Mm-hmm. He, he popped up. He made some plays. So I think the number is about eight or nine. So what does this mean? Is this really just the, the lay of the landscape? Is this, well, this is college football going forward. I don't know if that's the case. I really, I mean, sure, we're going to see this any given year. And, yes, I, I don't want to speak for you. I am a huge proponent of giving these athletes a chance to move around without Absolutely. penalty. Yeah. Right? I, I think it's a good thing. Uh, coaches can. Mm-hmm. They're the ones getting paid. Right. Why shouldn't the players be have an opportunity to make make a move once without being penalized of sitting out? So I, what what's behind it? Do you have a theory? A theory. The first one that jumps to mind is they know something is happening in the coaching staff. Okay. Now m- people hear that and they're first saying, oh, "Matt Campbell, oh yeah, he's leaving again." Not not even that. Although if I was WHO, who what do they have that uh, that hotline? What do they call it? Crap or oh, yeah, something? Yeah. I would, wouldn't shut it down just yet. Remember, NFL jobs will be coming open here in a month. And one in particular, Trent, who I think, and let me just put this out there right now. Mm-hmm. Trace Armstrong, you remember him as a bear? I do. Right? Pretty good player. Yes, he was. Now he's a player, uh, he's a, uh, an agent. Yes. One of his clients, and oh, by the way, Trace Armstrong was rumored to meet with the Bears this past weekend. He did shot you it see down. that? He shot it down. Of course he did. Yeah. Of course he did, because there's still a GM right. in place. That's the way it works. Just like coaches. No, I'm not, not interested because mm-hmm. there's a coach in place. Trace Armstrong, agent. You know who his client is? Ryan Day. Ryan Day. You know who Ryan Day's former quarterback is? Uh, college of College? No, maybe Justin Fields. Dot, um, dot, dot, Ohio State. Right. Whose dreams job is Ohio State to be for? An Ohio guy? Hmm? Yeah. Not saying it's happening. I'm just saying, Keith. Uh-huh. Um... Sears, get ready for it. Yeah, um, what's the other? Uh, what's the other guy's name? I can't pronounce his last name. Michael um, Mark Freund. Mark Mark Freund. He's yes. good at his job. 
a terrible job out of me. Don't shut down crap just yet. Watch that one. Keep an eye as well. Just, just keep an eye. Clip and save. Probably not going to happen, but there's, if indeed those dots get connected. Okay. And I'm not saying that that's what's behind it, but what is? What, what could possibly lead this to the floodgates? Now, were they, were they away from each other last week? Had, had, had uh, the, the bowl practices started? Last week was their first opportunity to meet with the coaches last week. I don't know these answers. John Hickok? Where's he going? Defense coordinator, I don't know, SEC? He's okay. making $850,000. Well, he's getting a million. He's going to a million this year million, at Iowa State. But SEC pays two to three. Okay. Could that be because these guys we're talking about are all defensive players? Yeah. So connecting dots yeah. and trying and again. Okay. This is wild speculation. Right. No. There's nothing definitive here. Yeah. I do not have the year of Matt Campbell. He's not telling me what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then we'll wait till Wednesday to find out what it is. Mm-hmm. None of that. Well, I'm not sure we'll find out tomorrow because don't normally coaches when they get the when they have their signing day press conferences want to put the spotlight on the kids who signed, not other sure. stuff going on yeah. in the program. The so, question I'm sure. Well, it has it to come it up. Has to be asked. Well, look, yeah. Chris put out a tweet yesterday, kind of a cryptic tweet. You know, standby good news is coming. Okay. Now, I would hope that he would share this on the radio show. He has 15 hours a week, after all. <laughs> right. And he wouldn't make this an exclusive to his to his website. We'll see. I don't know how he handles his business. But apparently there's good news coming. Okay. That's for that's from Chris. Michael Swain this morning tweeted out something similar. I think that news is Will McDonald. Okay. Coming back for right. final season. Then that had been speculated out there. And he's going to go for, forego some money because he was going to hear his name drafted. Are announced rather in um, in all likelihood on day two of the draft. Another theory that I've heard floated out, and it, it just it's difficult for me to wrap my mind around, is name, image, and likeness. That these players have opportunities, and especially Ashim Young, yeah, at a bigger program, a blue blood type of program, and that NIL is connected to it. That programs are saying, go into the portal. We got something waiting on the other side. I, I'm sure that's out there. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm struggling just putting that into my context of my brain. I just, it seems like a stretch. It seems like a stretch yeah. that that is a reason. That, how much money is out there for a guy like that? We're Kamani not talking King. about a quarterback. Yeah. Right. right. How much? That's a good, that's a really good question. Is it? Not even $50,000. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a big it's deal. It's not Quinn. What's his last name? Yours? Yours, yeah. Quinn Yours money, who got a million dollars to name, image, and likeness, Ohio State, never buckled his chin strap. Two snaps. <laughs> so it was? Two snaps. Okay. Off to Texas, where he's going to cash in again. Yes, he is. I mean, talk about playing the system. Hats off to you, mm-hmm. Mr. Ewers. I mean, that's well done, whoever is uh, helping him through this process. So name, image, and likeness may be behind the kids leaving Iowa State. No offense, Derek Horn, um, Joe Skates. Corey Suttle. Corey Suttle. I can't see that. You know, when a guy like Jaquan Amos, who transferred in from Villanova. And never played the first game, I think, right. and that was it. Yeah. Okay, that wouldn't make sense. But these ones from yesterday, and especially the three that we've talked about. Trent, the most, they're all going to play next year. They just don't make sense. You're losing three starting linebackers, and Eric Horn says, eh, I'm good. Right. I'm out. going to look what else is around. It just it struggles that it's just transfer portal, that's it. Right. There feels like there has to be another layer. Right. And we very well could be proved wrong. But on the surface, that's just the way mm-hmm. that it feels, that there has to be more to this story than just as simple as that. Guys are looking around, looking to transfer and going that route. So that's where I am right now with all of this. But 
got to be impactful. I know they're bringing guys in. That tight end from Oklahoma that... No, he's going to South Carolina. Going to now. South Carolina with yeah. Spencer Rattler. Right. And uh, they're making their way there and going to, to play for... Oh, who is the coach there now? Um, Beamer. Shane yeah, Beamer. Shane Beamer, yeah. yeah. And an Oklahoma connection there. Right, no, makes sense. Of it. So you, you go through all these different things, and it's a crazy market. It's mm-hmm. a different world. I know there'll be guys that they'll end up getting in the transfer portal, too, because they've tapped into it heavily in the past. Mm-hmm. But to think that it's just guys looking to leave. Playing time? I don't know. Sick of Iowa? <laughs> I mean... What, what do you come up with? May, may, maybe there's... I mean, I'm not knowing where they're going to end up. It is a northern outpost for, you know, the winters aren't the yeah. best place. Ames, Iowa. Um, I, I don't know the answer, Trent. The Ashim Young one is also interesting because Matt Campbell took a huge chance Oh, God. This guy was charged with rob- Ro- armed, armed robbery. robbery. Yes. He had a gun. He was a day before his 18th birthday, mm-hmm. and that's why he was tried as a mm-hmm. minor. Yeah. With armed robbery right. at a Wawa mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And they took a chance. Big chance. Penn State didn't. That's no, where he was committed. A, the, the, that's the reason he's in Ames, because well, Matt oh, Campbell took a chance. Yeah. Without armed robbery, he's yeah. not in Ames. No. And, and he, he went took a big by, chance on him. And he stuck by him. Mm-hmm. And everybody I've talked to that has talked with him say nothing but glowing things. Right. Can learn from his mistake, yes, apparently. Yes, absolutely. But that's kind of a kick in the pills, isn't it? For Campbell, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. You, you took a chance. You stuck your neck out there mm-hmm. for this dude. Mm-hmm. And now he's leaving? Do you think the, um, the uncertainty of, what, what the, of, of the Big 12 going forward is playing a role in it? Do you think that's are they getting that chirped in their ear that you guys aren't even going to have an automatic qualifier because you're not a power five team? Uh, Texas is leaving, Oklahoma is leaving. You guys really want to stick around to play in that, or you want to come to the SEC, or you want to right. come to the ACC, the Big Twelve? I'm, I'm sure Twelve. that's being used. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's at the forefront of it, though. I don't think that's what leads I don't think to that moves decision. the kids' needle, right? No. Yeah. It's just weird, Trent. It is. It's hard to. Put your finger on exactly what it is. I mentioned, you know, Hickok, maybe yeah. another job coming his way. Uh, Keith Murphy checked in and said, you know, who's still looking for a defensive coordinator right now? Who? Notre Dame. Oh. Well. Mm. Interesting. I mean, that's that's a job you leave Iowa State for. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, my gosh. I just... Here's the other thing. Is it over? I mean, what, what, what if today... We get another couple, right? Or, or the, the you know, as the, as the week goes on, there's one here, and then you miss a couple of days and a couple more. If that's the case, then it's a five alarm fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, then something is clearly going on. But it's just again, Trent. Maybe this is the five in a day. That's the thing. It makes it this. I don't think even in a different era of college football that this is normal. I just don't think no. that. Without a coaching change, without right. something major like that happening, a position coach leaves, whatever it is, everything's status quo right now at Iowa State. I don't think these were hit-the-road transfers. You know, when you meet with the coach and the coach yeah. says, you know what, we, we'd love to have you, but, you know, it looks as though this guy behind you, right. this guy we're bringing in, probably going to take your playing time, so it might be in your best interest. Again, we're not pushing you out the door, but it might be in your best interest. Of the 11 guys that are in the portal, the three yesterday, Horn, Young, and King, mm-hmm. those are the ones that, that you can't, you just can't say that. You're not being truthful if you say, oh, these guys are getting passed up. Shane Young's not getting passed up by anybody. No. He's not. No. no he's, he's one not. of the best safeties in the country. Yes. He's not right. getting passed up by some kid 
from Corning. I mean, come on. No. Let's be truthful here. Mm-hmm. There has to be something more to it. Will we find out? To be determined. And, and, and the, the, when you take a look at the two deeps, are the starters this year, mm-hmm. and not only these three, and I'm convinced they all would have started next year, uh, couple that with the guys who are leaving because of lack of eligibility. Mm-hmm. Whew. The bowl roster? Has the Clemson-Iowa State line moved at all? Oh, there's a good question. So yesterday, I... It was like one and a half, right? It was, it was yes- one or one and a half. I'll look here because I, I had it yesterday when I was doing the update for Circa, mm-hmm. and I uh, had the point spread, and it was one I think at, at the time. Okay, so let's see if that thing has shifted at all for the Iowa State Clemson game as I scroll through and get because we're still the waiting on Brees Hall's decision, and then mm-hmm. that's that's a factor. It is still Iowa State is minus it? two, minus two. So it has moved a little bit. Yeah. Um, Michael Swain, who joins us, and by the way, this kid is is so good. If, yeah. if you're if you've got you know a little bit of coin and you're trying to decide which one to spend it on, yes, he joins our show. But boy, oh boy, he hustles. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to credit where credit is due on this. I saw something yesterday that um, uh, put a smile on my face. Bill Seals, who runs Cyclone Report, mm-hmm. he was caught up doing something else away from the office when this hit the fan. He credited Michael Swain. Oh, competing rivals crediting two forty seven. I'd like to think that's Iowa nice. Good for you, Bill Sear. Right. Well, uh, because you could have taken credit for that or not are, are not giving credits to who got that story first. Uh, but he did. So good for you. Well done, Bill Seals. Tip of the cap. Ashim Young, the highest rated player on the defense a year ago from Pro Football Focus. Was he? Hmm. There's nobody better waiting. No, I don't, don't try know. to play that card. And I love Bo Frailer. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, and there's going to be a spot for him, yes. even if Hashim Young yes. and King were back. Right. There would be a spot for Bo Frailer. Yeah. Mike Rose couldn't have handled the linebacker position by himself as good as he was. He needed, he needed some dudes. Right. Um, Craig McDonald, we liked what we saw. Yes. Now there's a name that you want to you see his name pop right. it up. Right. Bo Frailer, Craig McDonald, both really good. Mm-hmm. But let's slow down on better guys waiting. Yeah. It just. It seems like a stretch. It does. We will switch gears uh, entirely. Uh, going to do some NFL coming up with our friend Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. Looking forward to Sinekin on those first place Packers. Boy, the NFC is going through Green Bay. Do you think it is? You fair to, is it fair to say it is? Yes. Okay. I'm ready to go there right I'm now. with you. I think you can. We did the schedule yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yes. I am ready to go to that spot. Got the head-to-head with Arizona. Yeah. Baltimore doesn't look daunting anymore. No. That game, that game was on the road. Even I don't, with Lamar Jackson, yeah, and I'm not sure he's going to play. I don't think it's as serious as was thought. Minnesota, Detroit, the end. Boy, the, the Vikings, they're going to need it in a big way. The game's in Lambeau, Detroit. It doesn't matter where the game is. No, they'll be playing out the string. So we'll catch up with Sinekin. Then we'll catch up with Nick Athen. If you're a college basketball fan from a national perspective. We will be joined by Rob Doster at 11.05, and uh, we're going to do a little baseball conversation at 11.25-ish with our friend Matt Snyder from cbssports.com at 11.25. We're Miller and Condon underway on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Miller and 
morning. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you until noon. Packers momentarily with our friend Dave Sinekin. Then we'll get Nick Athen in here on those Kansas City Chiefs. Might we see Packers and Chiefs on what's the second Sunday in February? That sounds right. I think it is. The 13th rings the bell. Anyways, Dave Sinekin. You can read Dave at theheadcheese.com. You can hear him Saturday and Sunday mornings on KFAN. But Packer Preview is Sunday morning and filling out for some of the daytime hosts on KFAN and the Twin Cities. Uh, Dave Sinekin, good to talk to you. Compliments of the season. Trent and Ken, how are you? Uh, everything's good. Great to talk to you guys. It's fun. Uh being on top of the NFC for a moment. <laughs> Indeed it is. Uh, Cardinals go down last night. Well, so I guess everybody's talking about the toe, right? And uh, during the bye, was there going to be any medical procedure de- done? We know that that didn't happen. But according to the quarterback himself, uh, had a little bit of a setback. What are you hearing uh, about the toe? And obviously it's going to uh, linger throughout, well, as far as the Packers will go. What's the latest, Dave? Well, I think I'm just hearing too much about it. I'd rather have a quarterback that says, yeah, my toe hurts, no big deal, we're going to keep playing football. It's just kind of, I guess, in character for Aaron that he wants everyone to know that he's just in a little bit of pain, it's not getting better, but he's going to muster his way through it. Um, I have no doubt that that the toe bothers him. I mean, there's no question about it. He wouldn't bring it up if it didn't. But um, it, it just sounds like the options are not good. If they have to have surgery and put a pin in it, uh, there's a question whether he can even play. So... Uh, I think he just has to, you know, be a big boy and deal with it, and hope that uh, you know it doesn't get you know, much worse where he can't move around. But certainly, his play on the field mm. does not seem to be impacted by what's going on uh, at the end of his uh, foot. Four games to play for everybody now. The buys are over. Thank It'll be God. a month long run here as uh, everybody's chasing, of course, uh, one spot or the other, either a draft pick. Ken's Broncos, my Bears, or the number one seed like your Broncos. Dave, with that, I want to go to the MVP. And speaking of Aaron Rodgers, as the conversation right now appears to be between two, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, what would be the case that you would make for Aaron Rodgers? Because right now it's Brady. has something to do with his age. I think that is going to play a part, I'm sure, in a lot of voters' minds, too, of what he's doing and maybe playing the best football of his career. What would be your argument, though, if you're stumping right now for Aaron Rodgers? Well, yeah, I think the walk-off overtime touchdown over Buffalo certainly gives Brady the leg up. Those are the kind of plays that mm-hmm. I think are going to separate the two guys because statistically they're very equal. Green Bay does run the ball more often, and they're more committed to it. So the passing yards are in Brady's favor, but all the uh, analytics and all the metrics you look at, it's a pretty close race. So, you know, for me, you know, if I'm going to pitch for Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to say, you know, He's beaten some very good teams on the schedule. You know, they undefeated against the West. Um, Tom Brady doesn't have, I don't believe, a lot of really impressive wins over good teams. You know, Green Bay can point to that NFC West and say we swept it two and zero against the AFC North. But I do think it just comes down to game winning plays, and you know, I think Rodgers does need to make one or two. I, I hope he doesn't. I don't care. Right. <laughs> I want four easy victories here. I don't want walk off overtime touchdown passes. Uh, it starts in Baltimore, but you know I, I can't make a real strong case for Rodgers right now. I think what Brady did Sunday is precious. You look at his age, you look at the fact mm-hmm. that his team doesn't run the ball that effectively. Certainly, Fournette's been good of late, but yeah, I, I think right now it's Brady's race. Uh, Rodgers can still win it, and if they're the number one seed, that might be the case to make. 
Uh, I know I've brought up this guy before, but he did it again against the Bears, and he and he just read Justin Fields perfectly, and the rookie made a mistake, uh, and that little out, and Rasul Douglas stepped in front of it and sashayed into the end zone yet again. What a phenomenal pickup, uh, taking a guy off an uh, an, uh, uh, Arizona who's in a real fight for that uh, top seed as well. At least they were going into the game last night. But plucking Rasul Douglas off a practice squad, plunking him into the secondary when it looked as though there, I mean, there were some concerns back there with the injury. Jai Alexander, a shutdown corner is missing significant time. You know what? We'll plug Douglas in and not miss a beat. Remarkable, remarkable effort out of Gutekunster, who, remember, found him. Yeah, exactly. It just as starved as teams are for cornerbacks, it's just hard to believe that not only was he a guy that you know played for the Eagles when they went to the Super Bowl, and he had some big games in him, but he'd been released by, I think, three teams in the last 12 months. So, yeah, not a big speed guy, and um, you know he, he doesn't stand out with any of his measurements, but um, nobody saw what we've seen coming over the last four, five, six weeks from Rasul Douglas. I, I don't know where this defense would be without him. Pass rush has been good, and that certainly helps the, the corners. And you, you look at what rookie Eric Stokes is doing on that side and the fact that now Green Bay doesn't have to rely on Kevin King as Jair Alexander heals. Um, it, it's really made a huge difference, I think, for that unit. And it's just an amazing story. He's made himself a whole lot of money because he'll, uh, he'll land a big contract somewhere next season. I'm quite sure of that. Um, that said, uh, Jair Alexander, I think yeah, Christmas Day to me is the day I'm pointing at. I wow, think he returns good. then. Um, and you put now him, Stokes, and Douglas, and you've got a trio that you feel really good about. Offensive line, it's been makeshift and yet had playing at a very high level all season long. But the injury to Billy Turner looked awful on Sunday night. His frustration on the sideline, slamming his helmet down. Yeah, I don't think I'm alone when I thought ACL, but it doesn't appear to be, at least right now, ACL. What's the latest on Billy Turner and his impact if he is out for an extended period of that offensive line? Yeah, I've seen early reports of an MCL. I don't know if it's sprayed or torn. I haven't heard, but I don't think he'll be playing for a little while. It's a real shame. He's been the steadiest uh, player on that offensive line that's just been a revolving door. And the fact that Green Bay has the depth right now to be Moving the ball offensively behind that line, which now features the only preferred starter is rookie Royce Newman, a day three draft pick that's uh, manning the right guard spot. He's the only guy that started the season opening day that's still out there. So you're down to you know your third and fourth tackles that are still playing really effectively, which has to be a credit to that offensive line coaching staff led by Andy Stenovich. And the fact that they've drafted lots of linemen in recent years. They always seem to draft a couple linemen every draft. And they want to be eight or nine deep. And this year has tested them because they've had to go nine deep. And there's no depth left. Another guy goes down and things get really dicey. And mm. hope that maybe the, the fate is finally going to just level things off. It seems like Green Bay loses alignment every other week. But Bacciari, you know, could be back here within a couple of weeks. Would certainly sort of settle things down for Rodgers' blind side for the playoff uh, season. So, it's been a real struggle to keep guys on the field, but to the Packers' credit, that they can still be as effective they are offensively with 
you know, four guys that don't belong out there right now is <laughs> is really impressive. Yeah, they get Bakhtiari and Alexander back around Christmas. Boy, oh boy, uh, that would be uh, something the Packer fans would love to see underneath their tree. Uh, Alan Lazard catches a touchdown pass, caught a pass that I have no idea how Rodgers fitted in. Seemingly there were four bears surrounding Alan Lazard. He, he, he makes the grab. But Dave, my takeaway from Alan Lazard's game on uh, on Sunday night was on Aaron I think yeah, Aaron Jones uh, run around the left side, Lazard doing what he does, Swiss Army knife, throws a block, just a critical key block uh, that to pave the way for Jones to get in the end zone. Then he flexes afterwards. He's such a complete player, uh, Alan Lazard. Um, your thoughts on what he continues to do for your Packers? Yeah, I've been a fan ever since they signed and we talked about it. I remember when they first brought him aboard, they were contemplating making him a tight end yep. uh, because of the size and the, the, the potential they saw there. And that just shows you that the strength, the size, allows him to be such a willing and effective blocker for a Packers offense that really does ask its receivers to block a whole lot. Uh, they like to use those edges and, and get Jones out in space and count on those receivers to do their job. So that's the ugly stuff that no fantasy players care about. But then when Randall Cobb goes down with a core muscle injury and you've lost your tight end, and you got to count on guys to kind of step into that slot role. He he steps right in and, and makes big plays. And you know he's had Rogers trust now for a few years. And you know a pending free agent, Green Bay's entire wide receiver room is pending free agency. And that's a guy you know I think they're going to really try to keep at all costs because of all the little things he does. And he'll continue to be a factor as a receiver here down the stretch because they don't trust rookie Amari Rogers. It was supposed to be the new Randall Cobb. Maybe down the road they will. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown suffered a concussion last week. I don't know that he'll play this week. So I expect Lazard against a team that doesn't defend the pass very well in the Ravens uh, to be a big part of the Packers' offense again on Sunday. Dave, we'll get you out with this, and it's a look towards the future. I posed this to Ken yesterday. Aaron Rodgers says, I'm willing to come back, willing to resign, willing to do this, but I have two things. Trey Jordan Love, I don't care if you get a seventh rounder, just get rid of him. Don't want him behind me, don't care. Get him out of here. And also Brian Gutekust needs to be let go. As a Packer fan, and to keep Aaron Rodgers, this guy that we see playing at an incredibly high level, would you be okay with that? Those are the two options. You get the deal done, but those two guys have to go. Are you willing to go down that path? No, I would not go down that path. Absolutely not. Um, I think the job Gutekust has done building this roster over the last three years is huge. And it's not about just the next two or three years and then where are the Packers, you know, that's not the way this organization rolls. I want Rodgers to come back. I'd love to see them sign a, to a new three- or four-year deal and figure it out. Um, but you, you give me that option, I'll stick with the GM and the young quarterback and uh, trade Rodgers for a bevy of draft picks and let that GM, who's built this roster so well, do his thing and uh, see where we land here in the next couple of years. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's staying, Dave. I just get that sense. I know he's a different cat, and uh, but how do you walk away from this team? Um, yeah, it just seems like that to me. We shall see. Dave, we'll grab you uh, next Tuesday if your schedule allows. We'll recap that Ravens game and look ahead uh, to this stretch one that run. There'll be three of them left. Thank you, Dave Sinekin. Appreciate it. Sounds good, guys. Have a good week. You do the same. TheHeadCheese.com, Dave Sinekin. Dave Sinekin, TheHeadCheese.com is Dave's blog. We'll go from the Packers to the AFC and the Kansas City Chiefs next. It's Miller and Condon on 106.3. 20 expenditure. Back to Miller and Condon 
Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Final guest from our number one is our friend Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. Got some time to kill your sports fan. You can go that, down that rabbit hole. Uh, you can find uh, plenty of plenty of uh, reading opportunities uh, regarding the team that you like to follow. Uh, hello, Nick Athen. How are you? Gentlemen, housewife, it's, our thing. Couldn't be better. By the way, all of our Good. Chiefs conversation brought to us by our friends, Graphite Construct- Construction Group. Graphite Construction Group. Well, Nick, the Raiders got taught a lesson. Um, they stood on the logo <laughs> prior to the game. You know, I don't know what they, why they were trying to poke the bear. The bear is playing. It's hard to believe that this team was three and four, the Chiefs I'm talking about, yeah. at one point in the season. And they look like the Chiefs again. And look out if you're a team or a fan of a team in the AFC. Uh, and it's the defense, Nick, that just continues to blow me away every time I watch this team. Yes, the offense is good, but defense has been a liability. Not anymore. No, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I know that there were from sources, a lot of internal uh, yelling and screaming and shuffling, and there was just a, a come-to-Jesus moment uh, shortly after, um, you know, they started to kind of decline a little bit, and uh, they stopped playing the depth chart, and they just started putting the best guys on the field. You know, Thornhill at safety has changed the entire impact of the defense, the backfield, because Matthew's free to roam. Chris Jones has moved back outside. The Melvin Ingram thing, which is going to be probably the, one of the best additions in the Brett Beach career, mm-hmm. uh, because he's just brought a he's brought an attitude to this defense that's been there since the day he got on the field for the first time. And you know, I've talked to a lot of people who talk about him, and he's he's full speed in practice. I mean, there's no loafing. It's get after it. You know, he'll do everything he can, but 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 to hit the quarterback when he's practicing. So he's he's full speed. Steve Spagnuolo has kind of changed some things. Um, they've gotten healthy in the secondary. Um, you know, Frank Clark is playing like the Frank Clark that we thought, you know, we signed a few years ago. He's healthy again. Um, they're just, you know, I, I think they realized as a unit defensively is that, hey, you know, the offense has carried us for, what, two and a half, three years? It's our turn. And as the offense struggled, the defense won the day. And, you know, that's why they haven't lost. The, and really defensively played well since the second half of the Titans game. They have, and this team continues to build. It's been fun to watch. I'll tell you, when you look at this squad, what they've done defensively, it's incredible to see. And offensively, it's not the Chiefs, I think, that people have grown accustomed to the last couple of right. years. It is, is it the complimentary football, things going hand-in-hand, hand, and now Patrick Mahomes understanding, look, you don't have to take those risky plays because you actually do have a defense now. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's still the Sammy Watkins factor. I mean, they just don't have a number two yeah, wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, Josh Gordon, I, don't, I mean, I watch, I, watch the, I watch a lot of film, and he's basically doing the decoy stuff that Watkins is and I, has done over the last couple of games now that he understands the offense, and I think that's why this offense is clicking more because he's, he's, he's running the kind of routes that open it up for other players. And, you know, that's not the Josh Gordon that any of us ever knew or expected to have. Uh, but 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 it's a good thing because he's learning on the job. Obviously, he probably won't play this Thursday because of COVID. But you know he and he got his touchdown. I mean, he's finally feeling it. He finally gets it. He understands it. He is doing what the Chiefs are asking him to do. 
and come December and January football, I think Josh Gordon's going to be more of a, a Sammy Watkins type of player from catching the ball. Um, I think that's helped. I think that getting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back, though, I'm not sold on him as a great player. He's good, but the, him, the combination of him, Williams, and Gore, that should scare offenses because all three bring different elements to the game. And then Patrick doesn't have to hit the home runs. I mean, he's still going to go for it. Um, and I think that blow up with the Eric Bieniemy on the sidelines a week ago was, was legit. And you kind of saw the old Patrick Mahomes on Sunday against the lifeless Raiders team. Yeah, lifeless, good way to describe him. Uh, Nick, uh, head-to-head against uh, Tennessee, obviously went the, went the Titans' way. I think that was, was I believe that was the last loss. Um, right. uh, still looking up at New England, who's having a remarkable season, but I think the Bills got something for them the day after Christmas. We'll see. Um, obviously, the bye week is so critical, but if they don't get it, Nick, if they don't get it, they had it last year. Uh, we saw how far they went. They got all the way to the championship game. Is, is the most likely scenario the two or the three seed? And does it matter uh, who, who they would potentially face? I guess what I'm asking, is there a team you know, in the six or seven spot? Because the Bills right now are way down toward the bottom, and they would get the Bills yep. if they're the two. What about matchup-wise? Who don't you want to see uh, matchup-wise uh, from a Chiefs perspective? Well, you never want to go against Bill Belichick in the postseason. I mean, you just don't. We'll just be honest. I mean, he's had the Chiefs number. Um, the Chiefs have never won against Bill Belichick in the postseason. Uh, never, you know, never won against Tom Brady in the postseason, you know, in a Bucks uniform. But at the end of the day, for me, I don't think this team cares. I don't think they care if they're at home. I think they play better on the road. I think they're looser. I think you're going to see a really loose team Thursday night. It's going to shut the door on the AFC West. And I, I, I think that. You know, Tennessee, you know, if they get Henry back. But, you know, the last two times the Chiefs have played Henry, they pretty much bottled him up. And, uh, you know, he hasn't had those great games that he's had before. This team is much better at stopping the run now than they were then. Um, They're even better at it now. So um, I I think the Patriots are really the only team to fear. I think the Bills are cooked. I think the the Ravens are cooked. I think the Steelers are cooked. Um, I think the Bengals, it's not the right time for them, clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't handle this. So at the end of the day, I, I'm in agreement with most of the NFL pundits right now. It's, let's just get to the AFC Championship game and the Chiefs and Patriots. If the Chiefs have to go up to New England, I'm fine with that. At some point, they're going to win a postseason game in New England. It has to happen. And, uh, you know, they did win in the regular season a couple of years ago that, you know, helped them catapult them into getting that number, uh, that number one seed. So, um, I, I think the Chiefs are going to be fine in the postseason. I'm not really worried about anybody. I, I've said this on the show how many times, especially during the bad streak, the only team that's going to beat Kansas City is themselves. And right now the Chiefs have beat themselves four times and won nine times by not beating themselves. A running game, Nick, that uh, didn't exactly get on track. He had three rushing touchdowns with a big play from mm-hmm. Gore. Clyde edwards Lair had right. two touchdowns but averaged 3.7 yards per carry. And he also got Williams back there who has shown glimpses this year. How does this play out? Is it a hot hand kind of thing? Is it Edwards-Hilaire, and then we'll see with the two backups? Ultimately, what happens with this run game as we look forward? Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Greg Hill days. You know, you, you, you put uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out there in the beginning of the game and, and see what he's got, see what he can do. You know, the same thing in the second half. They bring the other guys into the third and the fourth quarter. Um, you know, obviously the game was never in doubt, and there wasn't. this was a matter of getting reps for some of the other guys, especially Gore who I think ultimately is going to be the starter for this football team next year. But 
Um, I, I think it's I think it's gonna be a combination of the three backs. I mean, they don't have a Jamal Charles, Jonathan Taylor type. You know, they've got to get the best they can out of all three. And it does present problems for the defense because all three have different skill sets. And for Clyde Edwards Hilaire, again, I've said this multiple times too, it, until he learns to cut back now, he did that on the touchdown run. But, you know, he's such he's so low to the ground, his center of gravity is low. And he can he can find those creases and crevices, but he's got to move laterally better. If he can do that, then you know then he'll probably get more reps. But for now, um, I think you're going to see the combination of the three, and uh, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for Kansas City. Nick, of the remaining four, I'll get you out of here on this. Chargers Thursday, mm-hmm. Pitt. They look cooked at Cincinnati. It's going to be huge for Cincinnati. I think. I still think they can win the North. Uh, and then at mm-hmm. Denver, and Denver will be playing out the string at that point. So would you go Chargers, the most difficult, then Cincinnati, Pitt, Denver, in that order from toughest to uh, toughest to the easiest? I, I would go. I would go Chargers, Broncos, really, uh, Steelers, and Bengals. well, I mean, listen, the Broncos have a killer defense. Let's be honest; it's good. Don't have a quarterback, um, and they don't have a quarterback. But you know, it could be snowing. They've got a good run game. You know, this could be everything on the line for Kansas City for number one seed. Um, I'm more fearful of the Broncos right. game as a loss than I am of the Chargers. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. Nick, we'll grab you next week. We'll recap the uh, the Chargers and look ahead uh, to the Steelers, who seemingly yep. are reeling as uh, the Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> comes to an end. Thank you, Nick. We're out of time. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate y'all. Good to talk to you. Nick Athen, Graphite Construction Group, sponsors our Kansas City Conversation. Hour two coming up next. Rob Doster will join us at about 11.15. Matt Snyder on MLB. So we take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.